Gotta walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer practice, then... There goes the extra time for a jog. <sighs> That's okay. Maybe next week. When everyone else relies on you, it's easy to put your needs last. Therapy is a dedicated time to focus on what you need to be happy. So you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. BetterHelp offers convenient online therapy on your schedule. It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want, by chat, phone, or video call. Go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Dominate at the plate, Blast Baseball is trusted by more MLB and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code LIVE at checkout to save $10. All right, we are here with Beyond Baseball Season 2. As you heard from Caleb and the ad read, we are now Brought to you by Blast Baseball as Prospects Live is now sponsored by Blast. Um, so we are excited to launch into season two. We have an incredible slate of guests for you coming up. Uh, but Caleb, how are you doing today? I'm good. We timed this perfectly for the opening day of Major League Baseball. And I think it's an exciting one for us uh, taking the heels and the, motor, the momentum from the WBC and going into this opening day. I feel like a lot of people are excited about baseball and for good measure. Yeah, I mean, the WBC was incredible. We saw like a lot of the viral clips, clips that came out of that. Um, they were some of the most viewed clips in baseball over World Series games and things like that. So it was awesome to see that Japan pulled it off, got the W, got the championship, U.S. came in second. Uh, really close game, but ended with one of the most iconic at-bats ever, where you had Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. I mean, absolutely incredible. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I have a few Homer uh, biased thoughts because there were a lot of Phillies on that WBC team, and Trey Turner became um, Captain America slash Trey for president uh, during that you know last couple weeks, I, th I think. But um, it he, the way I feel in terms of the environment was it was a playoff atmosphere, and now we're going into mm -hmm. opening day. 
And usually that's how we end the baseball season. Then we try to build that back up for opening day. And it's just so cool to be able to see that. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned the iconic at bat. It's always, in my opinion, easier to be on the pitcher's end there. Uh, And we we saw exactly why. I don't know how anybody ever approaches the Shohei at bat with 100 in, 100 over the plate, and then 87 away. I know it wasn't that exact sequence but it's just when you see it's a hundred and then you yeah. just hits you with that slider away it's just nasty he threw 102 to the backstop and it was like paints a slider on the outside corner what do you i eat the best hitter is even mike trout like what do you do with that there's nothing that you can do with that not to mention that the guy had more innings pitched than any yeah. other wbc pitcher also hit i think he led in hits runs walks i might be wrong over there but uh the guy's just tremendous, and he continues to outdo himself. And I've said this over and over again to anybody who would listen. If he was playing basketball, mm-hmm. he would be bigger than LeBron. Yeah. And I think I think that the world is starting to see that now. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw a tweet the other day that looked at, um, like, Randy Orozarena, Shohei Otani, Lars Nupar, like, all these guys following on Instagram before the WBC versus after. Yeah. And just, like – they quadrupled basically their following that they had. Um, and so it's like you, just seeing baseball, at that international stage and the passion that other countries really have for the game uh, and just how it's growing. I mean, you think about when the WBC was first introduced in 2006, like everyone was like, eh, kind of cool. MLB is trying to do this thing. And then like the next couple WBCs, everybody was like, nah, not interested. And in 2017, when the U S won, it seems like that's when it really picked up again. But This WBC in 2023, I feel like, is the most I've seen fans interested um, in the WBC. And I think that's a good sign for going forward. It is. I'm excited to see what it looks like um, on opening day just because of all the momentum we have, like you said. Yeah. I mean, so if you guys all missed it in the Prospects Live Patreon, I was doing the daily sheet for the World Baseball Classics. So check that out if you want to see some write-ups on some of the players. Japan, of course, loaded with a bunch of arms with flawless mechanics. Apparently, that's what they teach in Japan. Every pitcher has flawless mechanics, beautiful on the mound, um, and a bunch of MLB, potential MLB talent there. So um, it was awesome to see. We're getting ready for opening day. Do you have any uh, predictions for opening day? Before I get into that, I'll say Roki Sazaki. I hope that's how you say his name. Insane. Yeah, I I think the the hype is real, and I I think it's going to soon hit. I know he has, like, what, four years before he's able to kind of post to go major league. So my predictions, I mean, are we going teams? Are we going players here? I'm definitely homer pick pulling for the Phillies to take the NL. Uh, It's really hard to not pick the Astros out of the AL. I don't want to see that happen, especially with the the news of Altuve. I think it's going to be a little rocky in the beginning, but I do think um, they are the favorite. I think if I had to pick some sleeper picks, I mean, I think the Orioles mm-hmm. could actually surprise some people in the Make AL East. I, I think the NL Central will be a little uh, interesting. It, it looks like there's always one team that contends every year, but I think that we might see either surprise teams or just a little bit more competitive. Um, and then I think the Do- I think the Dodgers are going to compete. I know NL East is always the one that gets, you know, there's so much competition there. It's yeah. going to be the Braves, it's going to be the Mets, it's going to be the Phillies. But, you know, I, I'm pulling uh, for, for my homer pick right there. 
Yeah, I mean, the NL is just stacked. The, uh, it sucks to see Reese Hoskins go down with ACL yeah. tear, um, which kind of hurts. I mean, you got Bryce Harper who had to get Tommy John. Um, so they're a little banged up, but Bryce should be back in May. Like, sounds like they're hoping for May. I mean, the Phillies are going to be stacked. That lineup with Trey Turner at the top. I mean, Trey Turner was Captain America, basically, during the entire yeah. WBC. So they're going to be loaded. Uh, as an AL Central fan, uh, just because of the Kansas City Royals, I think the White Sox are going to make a little bit more noise than expected. Um, just because they've got a new manager, got some new kind of blood in the, the coaching staff, and I think that's going to really help kind of turn that clubhouse environment around. Um, Healthy, you're hearing guys losing yeah. weight, getting in the best shape of their life, like usual. Yeah, yeah, they got a bunch of guys that are ready to go. Uh, the health was the issue with like Eloy Jimenez and Luis Ro- Robert on that team. So hopefully they, they make some turnarounds there. Um, but speaking of the White Sox, our guest this week uh, is third baseman for the Chicago White Sox, Jake Berger. Um, he has an incredible story that he really opens up into. Uh, he talks about how he was diagnosed with PTSD and now how that's kind of turned it in, into him uh, raising awareness for mental health. So it's really like in-depth, deep discussion about mental health, uh, not just in baseball, but outside of the game as well. Um, so really looking forward to sharing that with you all. Um, I know, Caleb, you might not have a chance to listen to any of it, but I know you know his story. So what do you have, have some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Jake had a lot of hype around him and his name coming into the league. And I think it's always interesting to hear a player's perspective after the hype is kind of like sizzled but you are still the person, you are still the human being that's going through this. And there are ways that you have to combat. And we talk about coping strategies a lot. I think what you just mentioned in terms of what has kind of been in front of him in his path, it's going to be interesting to hear exactly how he's coped with it and how he continues to kind of battle those, um, you know, bad days, good days, and also the demons that are in front of him. But I think that the thing that we always get from our guests is the understanding that they are a baseball player and they're able to take a lot of this, what we call there's a lot of failure in it, the three for 10 kind of mentality into life and staying with the the good days and understanding that it's a process and a journey that you're all on. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to kind of segue. And they created Burger Bomb too, which was a community that he created around mental health, sports. Uh, it's a website. Uh, he's looking to launch a podcast along with it, but he has it as like an open door communication. So anybody who might be going through some of the same things that he does, he wants them to reach out to him and he tries to respond to like even just normal fans, just because he knows sometimes you just need someone to hear you out or someone to listen. And so I think that's going to be an incredible thing uh, that most people will get out of this podcast uh, interview. So uh, without further ado, we want to bring you to that interview with Jake Berger. All right, welcome to another episode of Beyond Baseball by Prospects Live. I'm here. I usually have my co-host, Dr. Caleb Mezzi, but he's out today. Uh, but we have an incredible guest, uh, Jake Berger, third baseman with the Chicago White Sox. And Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we we're really excited uh, to have you on just because your, your story is so incredible and the kind of person you are as a human being is just uh, just an awesome one. But just for the viewers who don't know you, um, just go ahead and kind of give uh, share your story, how you kind of got to where you are in professional baseball, some of the things that you've kind of gone through yourself. Yeah, so um, played at uh, Missouri State University down in Springfield, Missouri uh, for three years in 2017. Uh, I was drafted in the first round by the Chicago White Sox um, and, you know, played a half season um, that year in, in low A. And then uh, the following year in 2018, uh, big league spring training, like 
the fourth game in, uh, I tore my Achilles mm. um, and then ended up actually re-tearing it throughout the uh, rehab process about 10 weeks into it. Um, and yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a long journey uh, with a lot of uh, mental health uh, battles that I had to work through um, and still working through. Um, and then uh, go to 2020. Um, it's actually going to be my first year. And then um, obviously uh, COVID unfortunately happens and um, lose another season. Um, and actually uh, kind of, it was kind of a blessing in disguise personally for me. Uh, I was able to get back home uh, with my family and kind of work through um, some of those mental health battles I was talking about. And I'll go into more depth in a little bit, but um, actually gave me kind of a mental reset um, mm. and actually played in a collegiate uh, kind of like a collegiate with a couple pro uh, guys in it um, in a league that was kind of just set at one field uh, seven inning games, you know, just some sort of organized baseball. Um, that was actually my first time back in like a thousand days or something like that wow. since being at, in an organized uh, type of a game. Um, and then, Went to the alternate site that year, and then the following year uh, broke camp uh, with AAA Charlotte and uh, ended up making my debut in 2021. Wow. That, I mean, that's awesome. I have a couple questions just kind of building off of that because yeah. uh, you touched on some things that are really cool. But the first one is, is you talked about dealing with the injuries and kind of going through some of those mental battles and then kind of talked about the importance of your family. And I think that's something I've heard a lot from players. And when they're going through these battles, whether it's injuries, whether it's something really physically, mental health, um, the, the one thing is uh, having that support group around them. Um, so kind of dive into that. What, what did the, having that support group around kind of do for you and help you kind of push through some of those moments? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really tough, you know, um, when you're going through an injury like that, um, you know, there's not many people that, that have gone through it, you know, in baseball, you're used to the Tommy John, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're tearing your UCL. You have a lot of guys um, that have had that, you know, um, whereas in Achilles, it's not really that much of a baseball injury. You know, you see it in football and basketball a lot, but um, you know, even then like the statistics aren't that high of Achilles tears. Um, so, you know, you kind of feel like you're, you're kind of out on an Island by yourself, not really sure how to navigate this. Um, you know, the guys you're rehabbing with every single day or either, you know, it's something along the lines of like a broken handmaid in the wrist or um, you know, like I said, a, a torn UCL. So um, you know, it, you kind of feel alone. You don't really have that support group. Um, and, and when you're dealing with stuff, like for me, um, I actually got diagnosed clinically with PTSD. Um, you know, when, when I first got diagnosed, it's like, I thought that only happened to, to guys in the military, you know, got people that have seen war and, um, you know, have shells going off around them, um, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, for me, it was like that, there's no way like there's yeah. there's no way I'm getting diagnosed with PTSD and um you know it, there were a lot of nights where you know I'm laying in bed and um I, I kind of like freeze up and um you know like my I can't move out of my bed because I'm reliving um the the Achilles tear and so when that starts to happen um you know I start to you you, you push away family and friends um and you know I, I realize now that you know, that's not, not the right uh, route to go. But um, when you're in the moment, you know, it seems like, you know, these people aren't going to understand me anyway. So why, why even open up about um, what I'm dealing with? So um, eventually, I think it was 2019, um, there was a, a moment where, where I went over to England, um, big Premier League soccer fan, went to a couple games over there with some teammates. Um, and I was walking a lot of my Achilles. And I'm like, 
you know what, this, like my Achilles actually feels pretty good walking eight miles a day. Um, and I had two of my best friends over there, Jimmy Lambert, who's with the White Sox currently, and then Ryan Burr. Um, and, you know, I started kind of opening up about my story then um, with them. And uh, they had both been injured, so they understood a little bit. Um, and then I get back and, you know, I go back to square one where I'm by myself and, you know, don't feel that that, that community feel. Um, and I sat my mom down. Um, we went to Witch Witch. Um, and I'm like, hey, look, like, I'm really considering quitting right now. Um, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and she said, look, like, don't go, don't go through life and regret things. Um, and you know, my, my dad echoed that as well. Um, when I told him as well. Um, and then I, three months later, four months later, um, the pandemic happens, I go back home and, um, you know, having that, that community feel with my family back home, uh, you know, it kind of brought me back to my days of, you know, this isn't a job. This is, this is fun. You know, I'm playing a game. Um, and, if I have my mom and dad right next to me and, and my sister as well, um, you know, everything's going to be okay. So um, that, that kind of gave me that, that it, it kind of unlocked something in me where, you know what, like, this is supposed to be fun. Like let's have fun with it. And I started playing tennis every day. I started swimming and walking and um, you know, just stuff that we could do at the time um, and got myself back into baseball shape. And so like having them, I mean, that, that was the most pivotal point of this entire process was, during those three, three, four months, uh, back home with my family. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Cause you, you touched on something that, so we interviewed uh, Brewer Hicklin with the Kansas city Royals one time, and he kind of went through some similar struggles, wrote about it. And he said, when I started separating my performances on the field from like my everyday life, he's like, I just started remembering everybody who loves it still loves you no matter what you do at the end exactly. of the day on the field. And so yep. I think that's awesome. Um, the other thing you really touched on that I liked when you talked about that sense of community, um, it, it's just so important because I think a lot of people have it lost. You get kind of inundated with social media and you kind of get into your own zones and it's really hard to go out and really find that sense of community. The one thing I really love that you're doing is you created Burger Bombs, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, I'll let you kind of go through the acronyms if you want, uh, but you have a content based website that's focusing on mental health. And you've also posted on your social media, like, Hey, is anybody struggling? Please reach out to me. Let me know mm-hmm. how you can help. Cause I think you've taken those experiences that you have with lack of community. And now you're trying to really um, give back to others. And so kind of go into that a little bit, how it's helped, not only helping others, but it's probably helping you in some sense. Yeah. So before I go into the bombs, um, what, what I want to touch on that you said is like, when, when I told my story, right, like I, I tweeted it out. Um, I think it was like March 13th or something like that, 2020. And, um, you know, I hadn't been talking on social media as much. I just wanted to share my story because like, I wanted people to know what I was dealing with. And also on the flip side, like there's somebody out there that's struggling as well. Mm. Um, and I wanted that to be known to people like, Hey, look, like you're not the only one going through something. And, um, you know, if, if I help one person out there, you know, I think that's, that's a win for me. Um, and so then I just kind of started forming this, this burger bomb stuff. Um, and the acronyms are kind of stuff that I use personally to, to get me through, um, a lot of stuff and I still use it. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the thing about like mental health is it's a never ending battle, you know, yeah. um, it, you can't just defeat it in one day and it's, it's over, you know, it's, it's a, I, I kind of classify it as an enemy that's always there, always lurking. And, you know, you got to stay on top of it to, uh, to really control it. And so, uh, the burger bombs, 
B of, of the BOMBS acronym is, is be open. Um, kind of what we touched on already where, you know, you, you have to open up. Um, it, it's going to do you good. You know, you're, you're going to be so surprised with the friends and family. If, if you do talk about your story, like, Hey, like, I dealt with that 10 years ago. I, I deal with that now. Or I know somebody, one of my best friends is dealing with that. You know, um, there's so many people out there struggling that I think that that's pivotal. Um, and it also makes you feel like, Hey, like I'm not, I'm not carrying this burden alone. You know, I, I have somebody to, to support me and help me. Um, if I'm dealing with really bad anxiety that day, I, I have somebody that I can talk to about that. Um, always open a book. Um, you touched on the, the social media and the technology uh, side of things in this world. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of positives, but there's also a lot of, a lot of negatives with it. And um, for me, opening a book is kind of, kind of a safe space. You know, you're away from the social media, you're away from the instant gratification of, um, you know, seeing, posting something, getting likes on it yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you get away from that instant gratification and to form a meditation as well. And you can learn something. I mean, it doesn't have to be informational, you know, it could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever you want it to be, um, whatever, you know, you're interested in. But for me, I, I love nonfiction books. I love learning about stuff. And, um, it takes me away from, you know, just going on a website and Googling. I, I'm actually putting in work and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, taking notes and stuff. Um, and then the M is meditation. Um, I use that all the time um, on the field. If I make an error, you know, I swing at a bad pitch, um, you know, it's really focused on my breath work and, um, you know, kind of slowing down the game, but also outside of it um, when I'm, when I'm really feeling anxious or, um, you know, I, I have going into spring training, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to compete for a job. You know, you're going to, you're going to feel those anxious feelings. Um, and so I think meditation is a, a great way to control that. And I think everybody should look into it, both the mindfulness and, and breath work are, are huge. Um, and then, the next B is break a sweat. Um, for me, uh, kind of talk, talked about it when I was back home um, during quarantine. Um, I think getting outside and doing something for me, it's hiking or going on a walk outdoors. Um, you know, I think it kind of gives you perspective on, you know, how big this world is. And like, there's so many people out there that are probably dealing with something. And so yeah. going outside and seeing how beautiful nature is. Um, you know, getting outside of uh, the computer screen and, and stuck in your house, um, I think that does wonders for, um, I don't know, like the medical terminology with the endorphins in your, yeah. in your brain, but uh, I know there's a lot of studies about that. And then S is set a routine. Um, for me, like, I, I would have my huge rehab day, um, you know, I, I'd be going to bed and it's like, oh my God, like I have this, 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 and then I have to go, um, you know, do some sort of rehab in the, in the training room and then now I have to go to mobility and now I have to go to strength training and you know it just like piles up and you have this long list it's like damn I don't know if my Achilles is going to make it through yeah. this um and so what I started doing was was setting a routine the night before so I write down all right from this time to this time I'm going to do this and then I laid out literally my entire day like even down to like lunch and when I'm going to brush my teeth and like just the, the small nuances. And for me, it's like, it gave my, my, like it kind of calmed my brain where it's like, okay, like step one's down, like from seven to seven Oh one, I'm brushing my <laughs> teeth. That's, that's a win, right? You're yeah. taking that as a small victory. And like, for me, like setting that routine kind of eased everything where it's like, okay, one step at a time, rather than looking at the next day as like this massive hill to climb. It's like, just keep getting the small wins. And then by the end of the day, you're, you're going to, uh, you know, come out on top. 
Yeah. I mean, I love that. Cause you think about when we think trying to shift our perspectives in life, like constantly we all want to hit that end goal. We all want to obtain that end goal, but we forget about the little victories that we have along the way. So it sounds like having those routines and like being like, Hey, I get to check this off my list today. It's perfect. Exactly. It's, it gets you kind of moving to the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. It's, that's, it's always been huge for me. It's like, you know, I mean, baseball's hard enough. Like yeah. for me, it's like, yeah. Hey, like I got a really good lift in today and like I, I really kind of touched on something I needed to work on. It's like keep getting those small wins and like by the end of it, it you know, if you're process oriented rather than result oriented, the results are going to be where, where you want them to be if you keep uh, hitting on that process. Yeah, I love that. Um, so the, the one thing that really kind of stuck out to me too is like you've gone through a lot of this adversity it's awesome to see kind of how open you are to, and it's, you're using it as a way to a tool to help others which is incredible um, talk about that time just kind of going back to the baseball side when you made your major league debut thinking about like all that you had to go through in order to get there right being a first round pick kind of going through a lot of the struggles with everybody on social media saying whether you're a failure or not a failure because you've done X, yeah. Y, and Z or hasn't been, it's, it gets crazy on the, the oh, yeah. Twitters and everything else like that. Talk about like once you powered through all that adversity, what was that moment like when you finally made that major league debut? Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was emotional. Um, you know, I think uh, Jason Benetti uh, gave me a post-game interview um, and like I, I was kind of, <laughs> I was in tears, you know, and it's yeah. like, just everything I've gone through and like all the support and like everything, it just meant the world to me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to like, when you first have that injury, it's hard to like see that happen, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like after all the hours and everything I put into it, um, you know, it was super special for me, but um, I think it was like for my parents, probably even more special <laughs> just because like, you know, as a parent, you see, the, the worst side of things and, and the best side of things. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think they were even more ecstatic than I was, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me, like just, just going through that and then like getting to the pinnacle of, of where, you know, I've been working towards, um, there's really like, <laughs> I can't even put words, um, to it. You know, I can't really explain that feeling. Um, you know, cause if I didn't go through that adversity, you know, I, I think obviously I'd still feel special about it, yeah. but um, you know, the adversity just makes it all the better. And um, you know, it's like, I'm still writing my story too. You know, that's how I look at it now. It's like, it, you know, there's still so much to do and um, you know, it's, it, that, that excites yeah. me a lot. Yeah. And you're early enough in your career too, where you got the whole kind of whole world in front of you. So mm -hmm. even post career, whenever that happens in like 10, exactly. 10 years, things like that. Um Kind of diving before I dive into kind of one of the last questions. The one thing I always am curious about because I, I think the as someone who's wrote and analyzed players and things like that, they, it's hard to to separate yourself from like the words people are saying on the internet and stuff like that. And you can dive into this as um, as much as you want. But what are some of the the tools and resources that you put in place for yourself to help you kind of separate from what other people are saying about you, all the other external noise that's out there? Yeah. So like, I love being on social media and I love interacting with fans. Um, this year I decided to just like delete Twitter for mm. the season. Like, Hey, I'm going to interact and be my normal self in the off season. But like during the season, like I'm, I'm going to hone in on, on what I'm doing. Um, you know, I think some guys balance it differently. Um, for me that, that worked um, because it's not just the negative side. Yeah. It's also the positive side, right? Like, you know, for me, it's like, okay, if you look at social media, say Twitter, for example, like 
most of it, it's like 95% positive and like 5% negative. Yeah. And obviously those 5% are pretty loud um, when they do say it, but like that positive is, is toxic as well, because you know, these fans are trying to support you and, and be very kind, but it's also like your ego yourself. Like you don't want to hype yourself <laughs> up by yeah. reading it. And then it's like, okay, I just went four for four with, with two bombs the night before. And it's like, yeah, all these great things. And then it's like the next day you go over oh, four. So it's like, yeah. you know, for me, I, I think, just kind of shutting that out um, was huge. Um, you know, not reading into anything that, that people are, are saying about me. Um, and like, you know, you have to tell your friends and family to not like tell you too, because they're on social media as well. And they're, they don't have like the direct, yeah. <laughs> uh, the direct messages coming at you. But um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a tough balance because I really do love interacting with fans. And for me, like, you know, I, I prefer the human, to human interactions, you know? So, um, when I'm at the field and, and on the field, I try and interact with as many fans as I can, um, to keep that going and, and keep that, um, you know, that a two way street, but, um, yeah, with social media, I mean, it's tough. I mean, some guys do it better than others. Um, yeah. but like I said, like the, the positives are, are just as bad as, as the negatives, um, when it comes to kind of how you're taking your day by day, uh, in season. Yeah, I'm sure of, like, the moments, too, like, not even the positive or negatives, but I'm sure there's fans out there who, like, have heard your story and were like, oh, I really resonate with this. I need to reach out to this guy and, like, tell yeah. him how awesome, like, for him for doing this, how it helped me. I'm sure you want to keep the door open for having those stories because exactly. it helps you as much as it helps them. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's like, always been the struggle with it is, like, I do want to help as many people as I can yeah. out there. So, um, you know, that's why I, I do keep – the door open um, through Instagram and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Twitter is just such a different world with, yeah. you know, you get however many characters to say something to somebody um, rather than, yeah. you know, having to go through a direct message. So um, I always leave the door open through Instagram, um, Twitter off season, like I'll interact with whoever it's just, you know, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so kind of going to the last question. Uh, so Caleb and I, when we started this podcast, our, one of our main goals was, we want to show the human side stories to fans and really bring into a new picture of what baseball is and the players behind it. Um, but we also wanted to be able to provide a resource to future players who might be going through some of the same things that you are. So if you had that one piece of advice for someone who might be going through some of the same mental battles that you're going through or some of the same injury battles that you were going through, um, what would that one piece of advice be? Uh, reach out to, to anybody. Um, you know, like for me, like it was my family. Um, also opened up with my friends later about it, but, um, for me, it was my family. Um, it can be anybody. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, MLB is heading in the right direction, um, yeah. with mental health stuff. Um, you know, I think over the last five years, you've seen a lot of, a lot of progress, um, progressive ideas, um, in terms of, of mental health and, um, you know, having avenues for players to kind of open up about it. Um, you know, we have a mental skills coach, um, yeah. throughout the entire organization and then you also have psychologists both at the big league level and, and the minor league level so um the, those resources are awesome uh for me you know i i didn't feel as comfortable um talking to the team uh psychologist um so you know i i use my parents um mm. and i always say like you know opening up to even a therapist you know if you don't feel comfortable sharing with with your friends and family. I mean, a therapist I think is, is definitely worth it. Um, you know, and work through some of the, some of the stuff you're going through. So there's a lot of avenues to open up about it. And I think that's why in the burger bombs, like 
be open is number one. I, yeah. like, I think that above all else, if you, you're not going to use the other four, fine, but be open. Like that's the one piece of advice is, you know, open up about it because you're not, you're not alone. And there's so many people out there struggling and a lot of people that can, can kind of bounce ideas off of you, um, you know, and, and kind of give you maybe what they, that, what they use to, to get through it or, um, you know, just be an avenue for each other. Um, you know, if you're dealing with something. Yeah. I, I mean, that's awesome. I think that's a great way to wrap up before we close and kind of finish things off. Where can anybody find the information about burger bombs and all the things that you're doing around mental health awareness? So they just know where those resources are. Yeah. So, uh, Jake burger 30 on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. Um, it's not my personal one, but, um, for, for this, I think it was important for me to separate it. And then, uh, uh, Jake burger 30.com is the, uh, okay. is the website. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's moving along. Yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I mean, this has been just such an incredible interview and your openness about your story and your journey. And I think so many people are going to learn from it and just be able to use it as a resource. And again, we can't thank you enough for joining us. And we're wishing you nothing but the best this coming season. Yeah, thank you so much, Jared. I appreciate it. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details leftovers or the dmv or house cleaning or chumba casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.